Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a hundred mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? episode 55 of the MR Running Pains podcast. Just me again. Um, I just um, want to really take a moment and uh, time in this episode to uh, to thank you all. Um, not only for, for listening to that last episode, but for um, you know, sending me uh, messages and notes. Um, just... Uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think I definitely poured a lot of emotion out in uh, in that episode, and and uh, hopefully uh, kind of bared a little bit of my soul to to you guys and, and shared um, what is our passion. And with that, it made me kind of um, think um, about running and what we as runners think of ourselves. And I, I heard a, a question on another podcast um, that uh, a person asked, you know, if I don't race, um, but I do run, 
longer than a marathon. Am I considered a an ultra runner? So, um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of just expound on that for a moment because for some reason we always have to classify ourselves. We always need that title. Um, you know, who are we? What are we? What do we do? Um, you know, um, whether it be in our, our professional lives, uh, in our hobbies, uh, you know, in, in running, um, you know, there's a, a billion types of different runners and, you know, when it all streams down to it, yeah, we're, we're just runners. I, I think one of my best friends, um, said it, uh, best when he said, um, I'm not, I'm not a runner right now. I don't run and train and, and, uh, and race, but, um, I'll always be a runner. I know I can put my shoes on and go out for a run at any time. And, you know, that by anybody's definitions should be, yes, you are a runner. Any of us can be runners. Some people don't think of themselves even as that, you know, they, uh, they feel that no, they're just doing it to lose weight. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're training, um, for something else in which running happens to help them meet the goal. Um, so, but in, in that regard, we're all the same. We're all runners. We all put one foot in front of the other, no matter how fast, no matter how slow, walk, run, sprint, <laughs> climb, hike, whatever, you know, like in, in that regard, we are runners. And, you know, I, I think going back to what that person asked, you know, if you want to term yourself as an ultra runner, if you have taken that one step beyond 26.2 miles by definition, yes, you are an ultra runner. You are a part of the tribe of people that have gone that distance that have gone beyond and whether it's in a race or not, that's nobody can take that away from you. I I, th- I hope you can understand that that um, that is something that you did. And nobody can take away. That should be something that you're proud of. You know, most people don't try these distances, and you know we, we see all of these these growing distances and two hundred milers and two hundred fifty milers. You know, it's it's what's going to be next. What's, what's that next distance going to be? Who's going to push the envelope further? I mean, obviously, there's even further than that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the reality is you are what you think you are. If you think you are an ultra runner, then you are. If you think you are a road runner, by all means, you're a road runner. You know, if, if you think you're just a runner, <laughs> that's fine. Just be happy with who you are with what you can do, with the gift that you've been given to put one foot in front of the other, no matter how fast or no matter how slow. That's amazing. You know, I've, I've talked about this in the past, is we need to stop classifying each other by, by every single label that we can put on somebody. We're all one. We're all the same. You know, it's, I know it's hard. And that's coming from, you know, a white middle-class male. <laughs> you know, it's, it's who am I to speak, but... I'm just like everybody else. I'm just here trying to help this world be a better place. And I I think we can do that if we all just learn to be appreciative of one another and 
respect and admire what each other can accomplish and offer. It's, you know, it's amazing to see what people do. You know, running is just a piece of us. They say it shouldn't define us, but I mean, it's hard to be a runner and not let it define you. It's, it seems to be encompassing. We, we look at a piece of a life and how is this going to affect my running? You know, how can I better myself? So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it really is. I mean, it's, it really is a part of us. It, it can define us if we let it, um, you know, it, uh, running has been a, a huge portion of my life. And obviously, you know, last episode, uh, when I talked about my kids, it's becoming part of theirs and to, uh, uh, to have my son, you know, um, go to bed and say, you know, dad, how far are you going tomorrow? <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I say to him, uh, I'm, I'm going 50 miles and he just kind of looks at me and says, okay, I'll see you when you're done. <laughs> that cracks me up. You know, it, it doesn't phase him. That's what his dad does. You know, he understands that's what, what I am and what I do. That's, that's pretty cool, you know? Um, and to be able to go out and run with him now, to be able to run with my daughter, as I expressed last week, you know, it's a, to kind of pass this along to, uh, to coach kids. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got, all these kids that I'm, I'm trying to help, like, you know, I coach middle school track and I, I coach some high schoolers that want to get faster. It's such a really cool thing to pass this along to, you know, to give this to the next generation and say, look, this is a lifelong pursuit. You can do this. You know, you can, you can do this in high school. You can do it beyond in college. You can do it beyond college and keep going to show them that and show that, you know, here's what, what life can can offer you in this this path that you should choose or you can choose i never I, and i'm sorry i didn't mean to say should it's always their choice and you know i if, if i can touch on on kids running for just a second here i think you know it, when they're young it's just getting them out to to enjoy running make it a game make it fun you know show them show them trails like play tag you know all these little things you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be just going out for a run um they see what you do and they may not be ready for that so like make games play with them run with them do fun things outside even around the house you know chase each other around that's totally fine you know it's it's not about just going for a run you know it's i mean and that's that's what we have to remember too as adults Remember that joy, you know, when you were young and you played tag with your your classmates in school, um, you know, you're out in the field running around, just being free. It's those are the moments that that we have to remember as as adults and remember that running should be fun and that the joy that running spreads. That's amazing. I mean, I hope running brings you that joy. It may be challenging. It may be hard. But I think we're all in the pursuit of a better us. And, you know, whether that comes just by stress relief and making us feel better and, you know, act a little bit better towards our fellow humans, I think that you should just take a step back and say, you know, what does running mean to me? What does it do for me? And and make sure that it's bringing positive into your life. It's making you a better person. Um, Don't let it add stress to your life. That's not, not the point of running, you know, running should be a joy again. And, you know, it, it should have the, 
um, the bright spot of your day. I mean, one of the bright spots of your day. I'm, I'm sure that you have others, and I hope you do. Um, but if you don't, you know, and, and running is that, that singularity that you're like, yes, this is going to be the awesome part of my day. You know, appreciate that. You know, reflect on that and, you know, write down what does uh what does that mean? What did what were your thoughts during that day? You know, what what world problems did you solve on that run? Um it's, you know, it, it can be so much more. I I I always I, you know, I I talk about people's why. Why do we run? And when I kind of think back to it and and really kind of single things out, I think I'm always in pursuit of the the perfect run, which you know, it, it's really hard, right? That's, that's, you know, nigh impossible to say oh, that was the perfect run, but I've had them, you know, of, of these 30 plus years that I've been running, I've had the perfect runs. I've had it where everything was dialed in. I was in the flow every moment. It just, it went, you know, seamlessly. My nutrition was on point. You know, I just, I really, I couldn't have been happier with the run and the result. Um, you know, they, they are, they're few and far between, but you know, when you have those, it's just an amazing day when things just click and you're happy and you're content. And those are, again, the days that you have to remember that you're like, they, you know, they can happen. And it's hard to find that way back to that. You know, like, how does that, how do you recreate that? Is it possible? Can you, can you actually do that more often, more frequently? Can you get into that mindset and, and just, you know, let things be, um, you know, as, um, as easy and free flowing as, as those runs. So, and they can happen anywhere. I've had, you know, perfect runs on a treadmill where, you know, you can say, Aaron, how the heck could you have a perfect run on a treadmill? But the, just the way I felt I could have gone on forever, you know, like I could have ran all day. That's the feeling that I'm talking about. You know, you just don't want to stop. You don't want to get off of the treadmill just because you're just having that, that day, you know, it's, you don't want to lose that moment, that feeling. And that's what I live for, for running you know, is that feeling that, you know, connecting with that again, whether it be you term it as the runner's high or, you know, finding flow state, whatever, you know, I, it's, that's what, that's what really keeps me running. Like, can I, can I perform that? Can I do that? You know, it's hard to do it on race day. I've had even fewer race days, obviously, where that, you know, it's just been, you know, everything clicked. I think the first, first time I had it was in a, a two mile in track, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I was at, uh, was at the state meet, um, back in high school and, uh, we were running in Buffalo and, um, I was a, I think I was a junior. I might've been a junior in high school. And anyway, um, my seed time, the time that I, I raced to get in, didn't get me into the fast heat. I was in what they called the unseeded heat. And so, um, I had myself and uh, another young man from Long Island, uh, we were racing in New York for state meet, and uh, as I said, it was up in Buffalo. And we uh, we started just clicking off laps, you know. And I, I just I never locked into that pace for that long. And I was just like, you know, I feel good. I'm just going to keep rolling. And the seated heat came after me. And I remember talking to my friends afterwards because they were in the seated heat, the fast heat. And uh, you know, I I came around and I clicked off a, a nine twenty. That's 70 seconds per lap, 440 pace per mile. And so, um, you know, my friend said to me afterwards, he said, I think we all peed our pants a little bit when we saw you ran 920 because that's, 
you know, that's a, it's a, you know, that was a stout time at, you know, at the time to, to run, especially by myself. Uh, the other guy, you know, stayed with me for as long as he could, but, um, you know, running by myself and running nine twenty, everybody was like, Oh man, you know, can we beat that? So I, you know, I, I put something down, I threw something down and I, I was, I was really, really proud of it for that moment. And then, you know, I watched the seated heat and I, I think I ended up taking third overall, um, coming out of the unseated heat. Um, and I was, I was thrilled, you know, as a junior, it was, it was a great result. And I was, I was, I, I just, I found that moment. And then the following year in indoor, I was racing, uh, again, the two mile, but it was at nationals. It was indoor nationals up in Syracuse. And, um, it was a great field, really great field. It was a flat 200 meter track, um, in the, uh, in the carrier dome, which was, uh, <laughs> just a magnificent facility. Um, I had gone to church to, uh, the day before. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I sat, I sat in my pew and, um, I just kind of shut my mind off and, and just went blank for a while. I remember sitting there and just letting myself relax and, and feel the moment. And, you know, uh, just all of a sudden I, I just started to pray. And, uh, you know, my prayer to God was, I, I, I don't need this Lord. I know I don't need this. This is this is for my own, um, you know, my own pride, my own vanity, my own success. So I know I don't need this. I I'm not asking you to grant me a good race. I'm just asking to give me the opportunity to let me race and let me have fun. And that's all I asked. Let me have the opportunity and let me have fun. And so I lined up the next day, and I was I don't know six seed. So six fastest runner coming into the race. And I'm talking, we had, you know, uh, some top talent, some of the nation's top talent. It's nationals. Not everybody makes it, obviously. So not all the best runners were there, but we had an outstanding field. And uh, we were given um, uniforms to, to race in. So I wore the New York jersey. Uh, it was navy blue and white. And uh, I lined up and uh, looked down the line. You know, saw my competitors. Here we are, all little thin whippets, <laughs> high school whippets. <laughs> and uh, I towed the line, and my mind went clear, just like it had in church. And I knew this was going to be a moment. I, I just felt something special inside me. I just had that, you know, that intuition that something special was about to happen. And gun went off. My best friend was in the race, and uh, you know, he uh, he took off in front of me. And, uh, I, I found myself mid pack, you know, just kind of clicking along it was, uh, 16 laps for a two mile. And, um, you know, here we are, you know, lap after lap, not much, you know, not much is changing. Um, the, the favorites were, were right up front where they should be. And the field kind of settled in right, you know, right as, as the race progressed. And, um, we, uh, we got through the mile and everything was good. I felt good. We were, uh, we were under, uh, 440 pace for the mile. And, um, I, I just kind of started inching my way forward and, um, you know, I was coming around. I think I had, um, 600 meters to go. And that's uh, so two or three laps to go. And I looked up, saw the leader up ahead and I saw we were kind of strung out. And, um, I'm usually, well in track, I was usually, you know, 400 meters. I just let loose. That was where I kicked. 
but that day I, I knew I had to move, you know, something told me that I had to move. I mean, that, that was, that was my instinct. You know, I, I really, I hadn't been, hadn't been really thinking. I had just been reacting that race. You know, I just kind of stayed in the moment and, and reacted. And my reaction at that moment was go. And so I did, I started moving up and I started moving up, you know, I got into fourth and I was just like, okay, you're in fourth place now, you know, let's, let's keep moving. So two, you know, two laps to go. Um, I started moving even faster and moved myself up into third. And, uh, I, I, you know, looked ahead and there's, you know, second and first place right up ahead of me. And so got around with one lap to go, the bell went off, you know, just, they're just ahead of me. And I just gave it everything I had and it started reeling them in. I passed second place, you know, so now moving into second, first is just ahead of me and I'm coming out as fast as I can, as hard as I can, you know, trying to close the distance, close the gap. He had about 20 meters on me. I closed it down to 10 meters and, and then, you know, within 10 meters, maybe five meters, he crosses the line first and I crossed the line second, second place at nationals. So I gained all American. And I, like I said, I was, I was so thrilled with the result. I wasn't upset that I took second. Um, you know, I was, I was really appreciative for, for the finish. I had so much fun. It was, you know, it was, it was a fun race to, to get in the mix, you know, to be competitive like that. Um, you know, to look around and, and see, um, my fellow competitors and, you know, who we had raced and <laughs> the first place guy turns around and he says, you ran out of room, huh? Saft. <laughs> and, uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, John Mortimer turning around and saying that to me after he had just won. That's, uh, I was right. I was, I was right. I, I ran out of room, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I don't look back and say I should have started my kick earlier. You know, I, I started it when my body told me when, when I, you know, reacted to the moment. Um, I felt I made the right moves and put myself in position for the best success I could have had. So second place was, that's what I should have finished. Not first, not third, second place. And that's okay by me. You know, I, I crack up when I hear the uh, British announcers in track and field, uh, you know, the first place comes across and they say, and then, then comes the, the, um, the first loser, <laughs> second place. They call the first loser that cracks me up. But, you know, it's experiences like that, that, you know, you realize where your place is in the universe. And when you do something and you get a result, you have to be okay with that, the good and the bad. You know, um, the next year in my senior year in high school, um, that was, you know, uh, indoors was my senior year and, and outdoor that year. I, uh, I had heat stroke. Uh, I passed out at our state qualifying meet and, and missed qualifying for the two mile, the, the event that I had taken all American and indoor, I would not run at my state meet because I passed out due to heat stroke. And that's what life was. That's what it dealt me. And I had to be okay with that. And I was. You know, I, I was okay. I already had my ticket punched to, to NC State University. I was going to run for, for NC State. And, uh, you know, that's what, you know, life is. It's it's successes, it's failures, and it's learning to deal with those. Uh, you know, not, not everything can be a positive result. And that's, you know, we have to take that and, and learn from it. Um, you know, what, what happened that, that made that result? You know, I, I, I really, um, that day, you know, like obviously I thought I had hydrated well enough. It was just hot and we were in an open track, um, hottest part of the day racing the two mile. Um, it just, you know, it wasn't my day. I was feeling good. I thought I was in position to qualify and yep. I just, <laughs> I, I passed out. Next thing I remember, I hear my mom screaming at me, get up <laughs> and I, I staggered up 
and uh, saw the guys pass by me, um, the positions that would go to state meet, and I wobbled and crashed to the track again. And, you know, I just kind of crawled and, and swayed my way across the finish line, and then I passed out again. So passed out a second time. Next thing, I woke up in a cold shower. I don't know how I got there. <laughs> but, you know, it's, that's what it was. I still have my, uh, my high school jersey um, that has the red um, from the track where I collapsed. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still in my, uh, still in my closet. Um, it's, uh, it's a memory, you know, um, I had many, many good memories in that Jersey. Yeah, sure. I remember that one. That was a tough one to swallow. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the next day in the, in the local paper, it had a picture of me sprawled out on the track with, uh, with my competitors finishing up ahead of me. Um, you know, that was, uh, that was definitely a tough pill to swallow, but that's what gives us strength. You know, if we can learn and build and get stronger from, from, uh, these type of, uh, failures and, and that wasn't a failure, you know, it, it really wasn't, uh, I gave it everything I had. I did everything I could on that day to get across the line. And, you know, for whatever reason, my body said, you know, today's not your day. Uh, that's okay. You know, and that's what we have to remember on those given days where we line up for a race and, you know, we, we try to, you know, do our best in the race, but for some reason, our body is just rebelling against us. That happens, you know? Um, I mean, here I am, uh, you know, uh, I talked about the, you know, in my last episode, the 50 miler that I just did and I PR'd and I, you know, by all means, by all rights, I should have just focused on recovery here. I have Umstead coming up here. Um, you know, in, uh, in less than three weeks, um, you know, March 27th, uh, I guess a little bit more than three weeks, but, um, anyhow, I, you know, I, I decided that, you know, my buddy and I were going to run the, uh, the black mountain marathon. I had signed up for the virtual event and I needed to get it in, um, you know, by, uh, February, I think 27th or 28th, a week after the 50 miler. I was feeling good. My legs were feeling good. You know, I, I was clicking along. I mean, I had some, some really good runs that week. Everything felt fine actually, you know? Um, but you know, I, I, I should have been smarter. I know better, <laughs> but you know, we get these ideas in our head that oh, I'm going to be fine. Well, you know, what's, what's, you know, going out and having a, an easy run. I mean, you know, the black mountain marathons about, I don't know, 3,000, just over 3,000 feet of climb. You ascend up uh, the toll road trail, which it's pretty rocky. Uh, if anybody that knows the, the toll road trail here in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in Western North Carolina, that's a hilly trail. It's hard. Um, you just do the footing and it was wet and it, but it was fine. I mean, we were climbing. I felt good. I was with my, my buddy, Dave Workman. Um, everything was going good. I was knocking down my nutrition. Legs felt fine. I was climbing strong. Um, you know, nothing, no red flags, nothing. I, I was good. And then we turned around to come back down and that's where things started to kind of, you know, throw up some red flags. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it was the undulation, uh, just because of the, uh, the rocks like kind of turning my ankles over, or if we were just coming down too fast, perhaps I was overstriding, you know, on the, on the downhill, but all of a sudden my IT bands started to really light up and go on fire. And I was like, ah, you know, going from such a good day to, I got to walk, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow because everything was going so well. And then it wasn't, <laughs> and as I said, a week after the 50 miler, obviously stupid. That was dumb. You know, that, that, I mean, 
I, by all right, I should have suffered. <laughs> you know, the, doing something as dumb as that, yes, you should have suffered, Aaron. That was dumb. Um, but they come. That's what my point is, is, you know, not every experience can be a positive experience. And, uh, you know, what I took away from that was, dude, you just ran a 50 mile and you just completed the Black Mountain Marathon a week later. And, you know, I completed it. I finished it. I, you know, I, I got across the line. Legs were definitely tired, but then I, it signaled me, hey, recover this time, you know, spend the time recovering. So Monday, I took a day off. Today's Tuesday that I'm recording this. I went out for an easy jog with my dog. You know, I did about five miles just on my dirt road here out and back a few times. Nice and flat, you know, nice and easy, consistent. Um, I've been, you know, wearing my heart rate strap, but for some reason it's, it's not, uh, it's not linking up. So, um, need to figure that one out cause it's, it's new. Um, but anyhow, um, the, uh, you know, the point is that we have good, we have bad, you know, we, uh, we look for, we look for those days where, you know, everything is, is, uh, um, is going to click. And, you know, that's, that's where training comes in. You know, the, the training is the journey, right? We have to enjoy our training. Um, that's the, the bulk of running is our training, you know, putting in the miles, um, putting in the workouts, right. And, and practicing your nutrition, practice using your gear so that nothing is a surprise on race day on race day. You know exactly what you're going to do. You know exactly how you're going to execute. And if things don't go right, you know exactly what you're going to do to, you know, make it better. So how are you going to problem solve? What are your backup plans? All of that stuff should be implemented ahead of your race day. So, you know, it's, I mean, with Umstead coming up, like I know my pacing, you know, that's what I practice in the 50 miler. Uh, here's my pacing. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to execute. Here's my food plan. You know, here's my B plan for my food. Here's my C plan for my food. Here's my fluids. Like, you know, I, I, I used Gatorade in that 50 miler and I was like, nope, no, not not right. You know, my stomach was fine. Yeah, actually my stomach was fine. I just didn't have, I, I didn't get enough calories out of the, uh, the Gatorade. I, you know, I typically use tailwind to, uh, to supplement some, some calories and, uh, I've, I've switched back since. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's going to be smarter to, uh, to use tailwind, um, and, uh, and, you know, and kind of, uh, uh, work on those calories. Um, I've been using the momentum pack, um, on other runs. I use the, uh, synaptic waist belt, um, by ultra Spire, uh, for the 50 miler and had one bottle. Um, I am, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking here. I ordered the new version of the momentum cause I have the, the one and the bottles are hard to get in and out. So, um, I've got the two coming. And I think I'm going to use the, uh, the new momentum, uh, so that I have two bottles with me, um, so that I know I have plenty of tailwind. Um, I can also have some packets and, and mix it at the aid station if need me, and especially if it gets warm. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already modifying, um, the, uh, the Atreyu shoes, you know, they do feel good. Um, did a review in my newsletter that just came out. My March newsletter just came out, um, if you're not subscribed, you can, you can go on the website and subscribe. Um, um, I also keep them all in the archive on the website, so you can go to the archive and see all my old um, newsletters. But, you know, in this issue, I kind of talk about the Atreus. Man, they feel great, you know, training. They, you know, and, you know, I, I was like, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're just not quite right for what I'm looking for for Umstead. So, you know, I, I, I kind of tweaked it, um, grabbed a pair of topos. Um, I, I grabbed, uh, well, actually I grabbed two cause, um, I tried the, uh, the cyclone, 
and uh, the cyclone just the foam just is not quite right. Uh, they say it's a road to trail shoe, so I was I was you know it doesn't feel bad on the dirt, but it just doesn't feel like it moves just like I want it to. It doesn't feel like it moves with my foot. It almost feels a bit inhibiting. So um, I I got the uh, ST3, which is more on the the minimal side, which you know for anybody that knows me, I I, I like the more minimal feel, and I also got the Flylight 3, which is just a little bit more than the ST. Uh, but still, you know, pretty minimal. And I ran in the ST, uh, excuse me, the Flylight today, and the Flylight, it, it felt good. Uh, it really did. But I'm going to play with the ST a little bit too. Um, Umstead, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, gravelly, cindery. It's, I mean, it's not like large stone, so you can get away with a road shoe. Um, I just want to make sure I have enough underfoot that, you know, I feel comfortable. And it may be that I start in the ST and switch over to the uh, the Flylights if I just feel like I need a little bit more underfoot. Um, but I'm just digging the toe box a little bit more. Um, the Atreyu was just a little too tapered and, uh, you know, it wasn't that it, it hurt, um, any of my toes or that it blistered any of my toes. It just felt like I wasn't able to splay my foot. So it didn't feel like I was getting the full function of my foot. So, um, you know, I, I'm really in tune with my foot since I had plantar fasciitis for so long and got over it and, you know, kind of made the transition to a little bit more minimal footwear so that I keep my foot stronger and I don't, don't suffer from plantar fasciitis again. Um, so anyway, um, you know, all that to say is that I am still like, I'm still lining up what I want on race day because, uh, you know, things aren't quite right. And if they're not quite right, then I need to make it so because I need to give myself every chance and every opportunity to have the best race day possible. Now that's harder than a hundred miles. I've only had one hundred miler where I was like, that clicked, that felt good. That was, you know, the way things should have gone. And that was actually at Chattanooga, uh, when I raced Chattanooga in 2018. Um, I just, you know, I felt like I really didn't have to hike much. I just felt that all day pace, just listen to my body. And that's probably what I'll have to do at Umstead is just listen to my body and not like look at the watch and be worried about, am I nine minute pace? Well, you know, I just need to make sure I'm not going too fast, obviously. But, um, you know, it's when you listen to your body and listen to what it needs, um, not only in pace and, and effort, but nutritionally. Uh, that's when things start to go right. And that's what you need to learn in training is what is your body telling you? You know, is the pace too fast? Do you need to slow down? Um, you know, are, are you feeling hungry? You know, do you need something to drink? Uh, you know, do you need to use the restroom? All of these things are super important. Is there anything going on in your footwear? Like, do you feel anything that's just not quite right? Do you have something that you can change into to resolve that? Because, you know, God knows, just like I said, in training, your shoe may be perfect, but come race day, something happens. Well, you know, maybe later you're getting swelling in the foot that you never had prior. Do you have something wider that you can turn into? Like these are things you need to think of. These are backup plans you need to have. Just the accessibility to those so that you make sure that race day you have the best success possible. And it, it's not to say that you're going to have that flow state and that, you know, that, that, that perfect experience. We all hope for that. Yes. But in order to make it as close to that as possible, do everything in your power to make sure that you prepare yourself for every aspect of that race so that, you know, and it, it, it like, <laughs> I think sometimes we get a little too carried away with our spreadsheets and we say, I'm going to do this at this time. And uh, you know, I'm going to eat this at this time and I am going to switch shoes and socks at this mile mark. So, you know, the, the, I think the only conundrum that we run into with 
planning all of that out is that can go out the window at mile one. <laughs> um, and then you're like, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but the reality is we don't know what's going to happen, right? And that's what we have to be prepared for. We have to be prepared for the unknown. And how do you be prepared for the unknown? Well, you put yourself in those situations in training. And learn what your body can do in training. You know, can it sustain paces? Is it better off at, you know, a slightly slower pace? Or, um, you know, are you planning on a walk-run? If you're planning on a walk-run, practice the walk-run. Practice your long pace. If your body doesn't know what it feels like at that pace, you're not going to know what it feels like on race day. It's You're going to be all over the place. Unless you listen to your body and say, okay, here's what, here's my sustainable pace. That's what you have to learn is those sustainable paces and those sustainable efforts and those intervals that your body wants food. And that's going to change. You know, I, I know that my body, like at first, is going to want some food between 35 and 40 minutes. So I start pretty early with, you know, trickling in some calories. And again, with the tailwind kind of, you know, just kind of drill, drilling some, some tailwind down. So, you know, and then as the race goes on, it may get, you know, the intervals may become sooner. Uh, in Chattanooga, by the end, I was eating something every 20 to 25 minutes. You know, I was just, you know, I kept eating and eating and consuming and, and things changed. You know, I, I went from, uh, um, from baby food to, um, some gels back to baby food, to blocks, to, you know, real food, to soup, to bacon. Like I was all over the place, but I was listening to what my body wanted. Did it want something salty? Did it want something savory? Did it want something sweet? You know, did it want something sour? Did I need some sugar? Like what? And, and you have to know what those feelings are and so that you can meet those demands from your body. Absolutely. Listen to your body. Listen to what it wants. Listen to what it needs. And, and you know, if it's, uh, you know, you're getting a hot spot somewhere, take care of it. Take care of things as they come up, not after a certain time and it's already too late and you're like, Ah, this is killing me. You know, um, I had, uh, uh, you know, some, some chafing, uh, in the 50 miler, uh, and, um, you know, because I wore my, uh, my, my waist belt, I didn't have room for my normal little stick of squirrel nut butter. And I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> why don't you have that? Why, why don't you figure out how to carry that? Um, why don't you take care of that? You know, um, and so these are the small things. So, and again, that's another reason why I want to go to the pack. I mean, you know, maybe a little bit warmer, but at the same time, like I can carry these things and not have that on my mind. You know, uh, a little pebble gets in my shoe. I'm taking care of that instantaneously, popping off the shoe, getting that out, relacing, making sure it feels good. A lace feels too tight on top of the foot. Resolve it. Do it as soon as you feel it. Right. Chafing. Same thing. Something starts to get a hot spot. Lube it get rid of it, you know, do what you have to, to, to get back to comfort, right? Don't let these things grow. Cause these are little things that can, you know, eventually become really big things and take you out of a race. Take care of it. Take care of the little things, you know? Um, and it's, you know, in the 50 miler, I also learned, okay, I, you know, I, because I wasn't, um, using my tailwind and I was, you know, having a little bit of a bonk on that lap three. Um, I came in, yeah, like I said, I, I chugged the, um, the rebuilder, the, uh, tailwind rebuilder. So I had a little bit of protein. So, you know, a little bit more, um, calories and proteins some carbs. And, you know, I, but I went back out there and because of that, I, you know, I, because I chugged it, I really wasn't, um, 
I wasn't able to consistently eat still. So that last lap probably was a little bit harder than it should have been. You know, I, I, I probably should have just kind of taken that bottle with me and kind of drank a little bit at a time. You know, that way I, you know, I was getting that trickle still and then taking some calories with it. Um, or had another one of those, you know, pumpkin chocolate chip muffins that I talked about or a rice cake or, you know, a gel. Um, you know, I had a, um, another speed nut in this, uh, black mountain marathon, the speed nuts, about 250 calories by spring. And, uh, it was, uh, it was after halfway, I was coming back down and I was like, hey, you know, I'll pop this right now. Um, uh, but that threw me off again, 250 calories. It, it threw me off my schedule. I, it, it just really, you know, it was a lot, you know, it's, it's definitely a slow burn fuel. So, it, you know, for that length of run, I probably didn't need that many calories. Now, when we get to the hundred miler, especially later on in the event, I'm going to need that type of stuff, especially the slow burn, you know, and the fuel just to get those calories down. But, you know, those type of things I learned in training. I'm like, yeah, I screwed up. I screwed the pooch here. I did. I, you know, I, I put myself off schedule. Um, I, I made things harder than they, they probably should have been because I wasn't getting the calorie drip. It's the same thing with the, the tailwind at this, uh, cause I wore the momentum pack, the momentum one, the version one, I couldn't get the bottles out. So I wasn't drinking as often as I should been. So when I pulled the bottle out, I like chugged instead of just doing the normal about every 10 minutes, I kind of sip on the tailwind. That's kind of my schedule. But with that pack, I couldn't do it because I couldn't get the bottles in and out easier. So you know, hopefully this momentum two version two, um, you know, I can get them out in an easy, easy in and out. But if not, you know, I'm going to keep searching. I got to find the, you know, what's going to work. What's, you know, what's, what am I comfortable with? Um, and, you know, what feels good, what, you know, what, what weight feels good, you know, the, the bottles, are they in the correct position? Uh, is the pack, is it rubbing me anywhere? You know, is, uh, is, is the shoulder strap in the right spot? Is it rubbing my neck? Is it making my back sore? Um, you know, all of these things you've got to think about because you're going to be on your feet for a long time. You know, when you, when you're racing, these are all things that, that get, that can compound and, and take away from your race and take away from your experience. So make sure that everything works. Make sure you're happy with everything. Socks, you know, those are huge, 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 huge. You know, it's it's better to find out they're not going to work in a training run than it is race day. Now, you know, again, you could have a sock that's worked for you forever, and all of a sudden you're you're getting a hot spot because some some seam you know popped or you're feeling like a thread or something like that. So have have you know obviously backups and different ones. So or just you know uh, a replacement. But you know, it's like these are the little things, right? just having all of these things available to you. Now, again, your drop bag can't be, you know, a, a huge trunk. So, you know, we have to be succinct about what we're going to have, right? What, you know, what gear we're going to have, what, what, uh, what are we able to bring? And then obviously organizing it, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing, making sure that you know where things are and they're easily accessible. So you're not spending too much time looking for things, you know? Um, and if you have a crew, make sure that they understand where things are. And if you ask for something, make sure they understand what you're asking for. Those are all th- good things to go through with your crew. Okay. Um, if you're, you know, on your own, it's great to, to organize. And, you know, I, I did a whole episode. Um, I try to put that in the show notes about, um, about organizing yourself and making sure that you've got everything you need um, if you're crude or crewless. So, 
Um, you know, this one, Umstead, like it's really difficult due to the COVID restrictions. We can only have one person. That one person can be either crew or it can be a pacer. We can't have both. So I can't have a crew member and a pacer. I can only have one or the other. So I have to be really strategic about how I'm going to do this if I want to have anything at all. That's what I'm trying to resolve. And I can only have a pacer after lap five. So um, for the remaining three laps, um, six, seven, and eight, I can have a a pacer. So, uh, you know, but that pacer has to be aware of their job. You know, when we get back into the aid station, I need help refueling and getting back out there as fast as I can. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting task. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm trying to resolve and figure out, you know, um, right now and make sure that I can have the person in place that's comfortable with doing, you know, that's, uh, let's see. So they are 12 and a half mile laps. So that's, uh, what 37 and a half miles. <laughs> so, uh, they would be pacing me for potentially 37 and a half miles, um, now I could, you know, have somebody run 24, 25 miles, um, and then they can head out. And then I have another person waiting for me for the last lap. That's another potential. Um, but you know, these are things that really I have to work out now and make sure that everybody's comfortable with their role and what they're doing. Um, so it's, you know, it's really is the more you can prepare, um, and plan, um, the better. And again, you have to be ready to roll with punches and have those backup plans, have things in place for yourself um, to make sure that when, you know, those things arise, you're ready to go. You're like, yep, you know, this has happened in the past or, you know, okay, this is happening. This is what I'm going to do. And then if that doesn't work, what else are you going to do? And, you know, don't hesitate to ask those around you. We've got, you know, a great community. We have so many other runners, people at the aid stations. They have experiences as well. You know, if you can't think of something to do, ask at the aid station, say, Hey, listen, um, you know, my strap just broke. Anybody got some safety pins or another idea of how I can, you know, keep this together, you know, um, you know, whatever, wherever it may be, just, you know, don't be afraid to ask either. Um, that's what, you know, people are there for other runners, you know, like we're there to help one another. So don't be afraid. Don't be too proud. Don't be too scared to, to ask, ask for help, ask for those, um, the, you know, those, uh, resolutions. Um, and, and especially ahead of time, it doesn't even have to be in race. Like if you have questions, you know, and uh, I mean, reach out, reach out to me, reach out to your friends, ask questions. You know, if you come up with a plan, show it to other people and say, what do you think of this? Does this look feasible? Does this look doable? Does this look like I've planned too much? Um, you know, and, and you say, Hey, here's my fallbacks. What do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? Do you have any other suggestions? Like, you know, what, uh, what do you, use? What do you do? Um, what has worked for you in the past? These are all really good questions to ask of other people. I do not have every answer. And if I don't, then I definitely would ask somebody that I trust and say, well, what do you do? So, I mean, it's, it's not that we all have all of the answers and I certainly don't. I ask my friends, you know, like, what do you do in this situation? You know, like it's, we race so many different races that we may get out of our comfort zone at some times because we're like, racing a totally different race that's you know we're unaccustomed to i've never run a, a hundred miler in which i potentially could run every step of the hundred miler now i'm not saying i'm going to do that but you know like this is definitely a, a different race for me it's i'm not saying it's outside of my wheelhouse but i mean you know every race i've done has some type of uh 
you know, uh, mountain or technical trail that I've had to get through. So this is like, this is different, you know, and, and I'm trying to approach it with that mentality and, and respect for that distance, you know, a hundred miles, it's never guaranteed. I think some people line up thinking that they're guaranteed a finish at the hundred mile, no matter what they do. They're like, I'm just going to walk it if I have to listen, man, you know, there's, there's still a lot that can go wrong. There's still cutoffs that we have to beat. Like, you know, not to make, you know, put doubt in your mind, but I also want you to have respect for the distance and for the event. Uh, you know, give the, the, the event it's respect that it's due. Um, any distance, you know, we have to respect the distance and the race, the people around it, you know, have respect for ourselves, know that we're going into it and we've trained, we've done the best that we can, and we're lining up with the potential to finish. And that if we can't, just like I talked about earlier, if things go wrong, just kind of reflect, think about it, you know, give yourself um, like, you know, 24 hours to process it. Write down some notes. What went right? What went wrong? What was good? What was bad? You know, what, what happened? I, I do the same thing even if it's a good race. Like it, no matter what the race is, you should really be reflecting on it and thinking, <clears throat> well, I could have done this. Maybe next time I'll try this. Those are things you need to write down and then have it accessible for the next time you do something similar to that so you can go back into those notes and say, oh, yeah, I wanted to try this. And then you should try it in training, just like I talked about earlier. Don't try something new in the race. Do it in training so you understand, okay, this is how I reacted. This worked well. This didn't work well. Maybe I could tweak this. Those are all things to do in training, okay? So but be reflective in your races, whether they're, you know, a short race that you're just using and preparation and training, use those races as, as practice, as training and use exactly the strategy you want to use on race day in those races. And that way, you know how they're working out, take notes on them. Yeah, this worked well. No, this didn't work well. I should try this. And that way, when you line up the next time you say, okay, here's the tweak, you know, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and you've tried it in the, you know, the long runs leading up to it. So, uh, but you know, uh, the point being that if you're prepared, it's going to be so much more, you know, fun. You're going to have more fun in the process of running. You're going to have more pro- fun on race day. Um, and, you know, you're going to have a more positive experience. You're going to come out of it saying that was actually a great experience. Um, I hope you can take away from, you know, from any race a positive. And, and always look for at least three positives in every race. Whether it was the worst race of your life, find three positives. Take away three things that were, you know, that were great that day. And, and well, they can just be good. <laughs> if you're having that bad of a day, three things that were good, okay? And if it was something in training that, you know, you're like, well, you know, I, I think I did too much or I didn't do enough of this. Uh, those are all questions that you can go to friends and say, hey, listen, you know, here's what I did. Um, in this last race, you know, what do you think? It, was this too much? Was this not enough? Should I have done something differently? Like, don't be afraid to take that step as well. You know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously I'm a coach and that's, that's what I do is I try to help people through the process so that they understand what we're doing to get to, uh, the, uh, the event, um, or their goal. But, you know, along the way, I want them to make sure that they're, they're enjoying every aspect of their training. And if they're not, then we need to change things just like you do. If you're not enjoying your training, you need to change things, whether it be like, you know, doing less workouts, um, you know, or, you know, less, um, um, less road running, more trail running, whatever it is, you know, anything that you need to change. 
so that it makes it a better experience for you. That's 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 the important thing is that you are enjoying running. As I said, you know, we define ourselves as runners. We uh, we classify ourselves as runners, and you know, to the point, if you have run, um, you know, anything over twenty six point two, yes, yes, you are an ultra runner, um, but you are also a runner. Everybody that puts one foot in front of the other. Um, as I said earlier, no matter what pace you, my friend are a runner, not only to me, but to everybody around you, you are a part of this community. You are a welcome addition to, uh, to any event. Um, and you should feel welcomed and not intimidated. This is not that type of community. The trail running and ultra community is here to, to see you succeed and to see you have fun. Um, not to put you down that uh, you know that I don't want you to ever think that anybody here is here to put you down. I think we're all here to lift you up and to see you succeed. So I hope you feel that. Um, I hope that you feel that in the community. I hope you support that in the community. I hope you are a shining light to the others around you to lift them up and to you know be a part of their success and to celebrate their successes. To say nice job, congratulations, that's fantastic. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I love seeing people's journeys, and I hope that your journey is positive, fruitful, enjoyable, and in the end, you reach your goal and find your potential. So without further um, words of, <laughs> of my wisdom, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, as always, if you ever have questions, don't hesitate to reach out, um, runningpains at gmail.com. My socials um, are all in uh, the show notes. If you want to follow me on Strava, uh, ask questions about my own training. If you want to find out more about coaching, reach out. Um, my website, mrrunningpains.com, has everything. It has old podcasts, old newsletters. You can sign up for the newsletter that I release monthly. Um, YouTube channel, I keep adding to it, um, and I'm trying to post on my uh, Facebook and Instagram You know, when I, when I come up with new videos, just trying to post helpful content. If you have things you want to hear about and uh, – uh, and see, you just let me know. Um, really here to to try to support the community and and kind of uh, um, you know share my knowledge. Uh, and uh, I you know I really appreciate the support from those that have uh, jumped on Patreon. Um, and uh, for those of you that have liked and subscribed and even left a review um, on your favorite podcast platform, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's it really does mean the world. If you can support on Patreon, it really does help. You know, it helps me continue to put out the newsletter, to do the YouTube videos, to do these podcasts. Um, so I, I really can't thank you guys enough for that support. Um, other than that, guys, um, I've got a pretty awesome guest coming up. Um, my good friend, um, and you know him from. Um, from God knows how many races, Patrick Regan. Um, he's, uh, we're going to talk, um, uh, this week and, uh, it should be a fun conversation. It's going to be about training. So, um, expect a, a pretty nerdy conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to talking with Patrick, uh, and I've got, uh, another injury episode coming up with, uh, Miriam Saloom, um, the PT at the runner's mechanic that helps me ever so often. Um, we're actually going to talk about it bands that was, uh, in the works prior to my it bands hurting. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be talking more about it bands. So, uh, I look forward to that conversation as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. Um, once again, guys, thank you. I hope you, uh, have a great week. Enjoy your running. And, uh, thanks again for joining me on episode 55 of the MR running pains podcast.